Good morning, Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church, and welcome to another episode of our Faith Lab podcast. My name is Margo Richardson. I'm Selwyn's director for youth and young adults, and I'm here with Pastor Lori Rabel. We're so glad that you've found some time to join us. Um, On Sunday mornings, we are working through our summer series where we are going through the parables of Jesus. And this week, we will be looking at the Gospel of Matthew, um, and we'll be looking at the parable of the treasure and the pearl. And Lori's going to read it for us this morning. All right, here we go. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Amen. Amen. Um, So this morning we have two stories. Um, We have this story of the man and this treasure in a field. And then we have this story of the merchant who's in search of pearls. Um, And so these two stories kind of work together, but they're also very different. And so I hope that Lori and I can kind of jump into that a little bit this morning. Um, In the first parable, we first have to acknowledge just the different positions that these two people are in. First, this person that is um, this person that is having that is um, buying the field. Um, it's a poor man that's had to sell everything that he owns. And then in the second, we see a merchant who's in search of fine pearls. So we know that this is a person that knows what they want. They know the object that they're looking for. They have the finder's eye and they're in pursuit of something. Right. I think it's also important to note in both stories, Margo, something is hidden that, you know, that there's some sort of secrecy or, or something that they're each pursuing regardless of their position or, or their situation, whether it's in the field or in a marketplace of some sort. Yeah, absolutely. And they're both discovering something that like surpasses anything that they could possibly imagine, which I think is also really like both of these things mean so much to these people. So the thing that we see with with both of these stories is it's this comparison of the kingdom of heaven. And so we're seeing that the kingdom of heaven, we know that it's something that overwhelms. It's something that's so precious in value. And for the pearl merchant, we see a a wealthy seeker who's searching for what we know is one of the ancient world's most valuable objects, a pearl, probably how we view diamonds today. This is something so dear, so precious. And when he is looking for this hidden thing, when he finds it, this merchant, we can imagine, knows the worth of what he's found. Um, That's not something that is being questioned. So this is kind of like some people quest for the kingdom of God, like the merchant, by studying and seeking and asking questions and looking into pursuit. And others' quests might look a little bit different. And so that's kind of where we go into the story of the poor man in the field. And so others look for the kingdom of heaven 
um, because their lives are busy and they're um, overwhelmed just with the day-to-day -day things. They don't expect something special or miraculous or magical to happen the next day. But then in those per people's lives, maybe something wonderful and surprising happens. Um, Tom Long uses this analogy when talking about these stories and he uses a baby as an example. So maybe these people that aren't deep, deep questers with like intense studying, knowing what they're looking for, seeking the kingdom of God. Maybe these people's lives are disrupted because something like a baby, that kind of life change, a baby's born and human life naturally makes you think about God differently. Um, and in both of these examples, it just shows the diversity of the Holy Spirit and the way that God seems to be near to us in our searching. Yeah, I think the other thing, Margot, is that these parables are always about people that are in in a marketplace or on a farm. <laughs> you know, the, you know, this is these are not necessarily spiritual religious people. These are everyday people doing everyday things. And that's the power. That's what makes them provocative, like Jesus's use of parables um, give give us many access points to what he might have been trying to say at any given time. Uh, if you consider like a merchant with a pearl, um, it makes no sense um, for people who are Christian to, you know, when we think about the image of, of the most expensive, uh, precious stone uh, to be the thing that we would throw all of our money away on, you know, it, it's a luxury item. Um, and so here we have this merchant that as soon as he purchased, as soon as he makes the purchase, he's no longer a merchant because he's given away everything he has to own the pearl. Right. right. So this is the pursuit of something that will require a complete identity change, a lack of security uh, it, for the sake of, of having this one treasure. And so perhaps for us, um, the parable calls us to consider what it is that we would sacrifice everything for, hmm. right? Um, you know, and Amy Jill Levine in, in her book on the parables, she she sets forth a, a, a list of things that we might pursue that, that as humans we're continually seeking out, whether it's a, a degree or um, a vocation or a family of a family of some sort, or maybe it is children, uh, but that unless we're focused on God's kingdom uh, or on, on what it means to be secure in God's grace, then we'll keep pursuing uh, the wrong things, mm -hmm. right? Um, but there's certainly experiences in my life or probably in your life and everyone's life where, where we know that our identity is deeply rooted in this thing that God calls us to do or to be. And so the question might be, what is that thing that you would sacrifice everything for? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> it might change over time, but, yeah. you know, I definitely remember I, I could not be a minister. I really, I tried very hard. <laughs> you know, I had all sorts of other really good ideas about how oh, I would, I would work and not, I would be a photographer. And then I was going to, um, maybe, you know, um, work for not-for-profit. And then I thought maybe I would be a therapist of some, I mean, you know, I went around and around until finally I could not pursue this vocation. 
and I don't think you have to work in a church to have that sense of call or vocation. Uh, certainly, I know a lot of different types of people in different vocations that that's just what they had to do in order to feel at peace. Yeah. I imagine for a lot of our listeners too, that that question at certain phases of life is far easier to answer than others. Because I think that sometimes one of when I think when we're younger, this is what it made me think about when I was young, young in my faith, the type and just in life, the types of things that I would like sell all my things for looking back on, I'm like, oh, wow, you've done so much growth. <laughs> and, and I hope so deeply that 10 years from now, I say the same thing about myself now. But I think that that question is um, also hard to be honest about sometimes. Yeah, it's not about achievement. And that's where we get trapped. Uh, you know, we can pursue this thing. We can achieve this thing that we want. You know, um, Amy Jill Levine uses two other examples besides just, you know, a woman pursuing a degree. Um, she was teaching a class with um, some people that were incarcerated. And she asked the question, what is your pearl? And one of the men said freedom. And, you know, that freedom had been stripped away for him at, at a time. But so he was pursuing freedom. But, you know, with that came a rebuilding of his identity in, in faith um, and what it meant for him to have self-value and value in the world, right? Yeah. Um, and another thing she pointed out was the Greek word for pearl is margarita. <laughs> That's not really funny. Yeah. <laughs> in the class uh, one time, and, and she said that one of her students was a recovering alcoholic. And she said for a time in her life, her pearl was that alcohol, you know, and so having to reframe and to reestablish um, a pursuit on God's kingdom is really what gave her peace. Yeah. I wonder that what that would do for all of us and in our lives and the ways that we, we see and live and experience the kingdom of God here on earth by being able to sit down and answer that question for ourselves. I don't right. think it's one that we all naturally think about or are able to articulate quickly. I also think, you know, I think I don't mean to generalize gender, but, you know, women in the South often uh, don't allow themselves to answer the question um, because it seems selfish or it seems um, self-focused, you know, to claim what it is we really feel called to do or be in the world, you know, something that we're recovering of a voice towards authentic call. Right. I guess as we talk about this, Margot, the other, maybe the last point that I would make um, that I found interesting is to remember that pearls are um, <laughs> are made in in uh, in the earth, in the sea. I mean, they are they are a, a gift from nature that are um, are made when when sand is is stuck and grinds together over a long period of time in a living or organism, you know, that, that they are made in tension and they are made by grinding and grinding and grinding over time. And this, this beautiful, this beautiful treasure emerges out of that process by, by no, um, by no action of, of humanity, um, by, of, you know, has nothing to do with us. We just happen to find the pearl, you know, on the beach or whatever, wherever it might be. 
And so just a reminder that that great treasure, even though it may be valuable um, in some sort of way to us as humans, um, it's representing some a, a treasure that has nothing to do with, with monetary value. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Lori. I'd love to close us in prayer. So okay. let, let's pray. Holy God, we give you so much thanks and praise for the treasures of our lives. We also come to you acknowledging that sometimes we hold those treasures up and claim them for our own and lean into selfishness when at the end of the day, all goodness comes from you. And so we give you thanks for that. We thank you for the ways that your Holy Spirit moves in our lives and meets us where we're at whether that th be through surprising or unexpected ways during times of transition or during times when things are good. God, we ask that you be with us this week um, as we continue to, to praise you and to grow in faith. We ask that you be with our community as we continue to come together and rethink uh, who we are and what we are and how we can be together as Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church. Um, God, be with us and bring us back together on Sunday. We praise you and we give you thanks. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Margo. See you guys soon. See you soon.